Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigSceneDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Tennessee Titans fans, welcome to this all new podcast. My name is Asherati and I'm joined by Tyler Whipple. We're thrilled to bring you an all-new, thought-provoking podcast that talks all things Tennessee Titans. Tighten up. Hey, guys. Welcome to another edition of Talking Two-Tone. My name is Asherati, and we are once again joined by my co-host, Tyler Whipple, who is an extreme Tennessee Titans enthusiast, and we are really excited to bring you this edition. It's on a bye week this week. Uh, a lot of big things happen in the NFL. Asher, what's your th- what's your thought week off? Um, I think it was really really good. It's a get healthy week. That's the whole reason for the bye week. I hate that it happened in week thirteen. It should have happened, I think, a long time ago. We would have probably been able to have AJ Brown with us. But um, I, let's get let's just dive into the to the grunt of it. Who's eligible to come back this week? We can have. A plethora of really good stuff happened this week for the Titans in terms of getting healthy. Um, as you fans, as you fans probably know already, uh, Julio Jones is activated off of IR. He is eligible to return to practice, which is phenomenal. Um, which I, I thought all along that was the plan. Give him that four weeks of rest, miss those three games, give him a month to get that hammy right. Um, uh, just a little tidbit for you Titans fans out there. Um, he will not be showing up on the injury report because he has not been designated to the active roster yet. It doesn't count against the 53, so that's why he's not going to show up on there. So Jim Wyatt is always really good about, um, you know, posting who he sees at practice and who's practicing and, and who's not. Um, but just based off of this list of names from good old Jim, uh, we've got Julio back at practice, Nate Davis, Jeremy McNichols, Rashawn Evans, Racy McMath, Dane Crookshank. Ola Adini, uh, Greg Mabin, uh, we are without – I think this is going to be pretty significant going into Sunday. We're, out, we're without Jack Rabbit today at practice, David Long Jr., who I think is the heart and soul of that defense with Kevin Byard. Uh, we're without the rookie Elijah Molden, who is out with a hit today, T.R. Tart, and uh, Tommy Hudson, who really, to be honest with you, hasn't done anything for us all year. But I think it's it's good. Um, we're getting healthy. Uh, we really needed that bye week. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it goes a long way. This is the extra week of preparation, especially going into it with the divisional foe coming up Sunday. But with all that being said, you know, we're still a little banged up, still not completely healthy. I mean, step in the right direction. I got faith this team's going to, you know, handle business this weekend. However, we still got to get healthier if we just if we want to make a push into the playoffs. But we kind of want to talk about Julio Jones being the wide receiver one. You know, he had 
whole lot of uh, chemistry with Tannehill this year, and it's um, a little concerning because they hadn't had a lot of reps together. Um, but he's going to have to lead the way this Sunday. Yeah, you know, he, he really is. Julio is going to have to be that guy for this week, and he's going to have to be that guy, you know, that, that that he used to be when he was with Atlanta, you know, before Calvin Ridley was there. You know, when he got first got drafted there, he still had Roddy White to learn from for a couple of years. And then, you know, when he took over, he was that guy, and he was just an absolute dog. You could not stop him. You could do everything you wanted to do to try to stop Julio from getting the ball, but there was a point of emphasis on him getting the ball. And I think, you know, even though it's the Jaguars, I don't think we should overlook this team. I don't think we can overlook any team um, f- from anything in the NFL. They're all the best of the best. Um, but I think the chemistry is going to be something that they're going to be really harping on at practices where you're going to see a lot of individual work with Julio, with Tannehill, getting that going. And to be frank with you, Julio was just leaps and bounds more talented than any other wide receiver on the roster not named A.J. Brown. Right, and I think Todd Dan is going to have a – he needs to – and I'm, I'm not trying to be an armchair coordinator or not, but he doesn't do a really good job. I know that the offense kind of flows, you know, it's whoever touches the ball touches the ball, but we don't do a good enough job of giving our playmakers the ball. Like A.J. Brown – and Julio Jones, when they're on the field, should get more targets than Nick Westbrook-Akina or any of those guys, or Anthony Ferkser or Michael Pruitt. I think we really just got to get the ball in Julio Jones' hand and let him do what he does. He's always been one of the best rack receivers in the NFL. Heck, let's just run him on a jet screen. Just get him back in the game speed. Give him the ball. Let him go dominate. Let him do what he does. That's what they did in Atlanta. They made sure he had his targets. So I think we need to replicate that in Tennessee with the absence of A.J. Brown and Marcus Johnson and whatnot. So, I think that's going to be big this weekend to get in that chemistry. On just Let's just get Julio the ball. Yeah. Get Julio the ball and get the fuck out of the way. Right. That, that, should be, that should be the easiest thing for Todd Downey to do. And it really doesn't matter how you get him the ball. As long as you get him the ball past the line of scrimmage – he will get you positive yards. Julio Jones is not going to get – he's not going to go down on first contact unless you do one of those stupid patented Titans bubble screens where you throw the ball seven yards to the left of you or the right of you to the receiver, and then that slot receiver just does not block, and then he gets walloped, and that defender gets up thinking he made some heroic defensive play for tackling a guy when he wasn't really even blocked. That, to me, is one of the dumbest things in the world when players do that. And also, you know, another thing that really just grinds my gears is when a defensive back who does not make a play whatsoever on a ball at all, and, and you know, it, the ball is either horribly thrown or the receiver drops it or it's thrown 15 yards out of bounds, uh, he gets up and starts waving his arms like it's a no-fly zone. Guy, you, you, you know, it's usually the players that get torched the most that do that. And, yeah, like, got to get their confidence somewhere. Yeah, like Jamal Adams does that a lot. You know, and Jamal Adams is also on my hit list of players because Jamal Adams is not a good safety. Jamal Adams, you know, hybrid linebacker, uh, but the guy, the guy cannot cover. He's terrible in coverage. He's a liability. He's about as good as Rashawn Evans is 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 in coverage. I mean, it's bad. Well, maybe um, when you. This weekend, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Oh my god, yeah, that'd be, fa- <laughs> that'd course, be fantastic. That's not gonna happen, but I really like the matchup against the Jaguars with Julio. 
Uh, they, what's their best? Their best corner is the, um, the the one of the twins. What's his name? I can't think of his name right now. Shaquille. Um, Shaquille, Shaquille Griffin. Griffin. Yeah. Okay. That's their best corner, and I think Julio can really take advantage of the physical differences there. You know, he's a smaller corner, so I really think we can just get him the rock. You know, if they're playing zone, just get let him find the the soft spots. If they're playing man, just you know, just throw him some one on ones, man. Get him in there because we we have missed that. Um, part of our offense is him and AJ's been gone. So, I agree. Um, another thing I really want to talk about is, you know, the defense has not been able to consistently get home like we saw with the foreman front. And I think a lot of that has to do with, um, with, with the absence of Bud Dupree. And granted, Bud Dupree, and for the people out there that are saying he's a bad signing or we paid him too much money – those are the people that only look at sacks as, as like a realistic standpoint to, to measure, uh, you know, a, a edge rusher. And that's just not fair. Like Bud Dupree impacts the game so much from an X's and O's standpoint, because you have Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, and, you know, Danico Autry in there, the Nashville monsters, I like to call them the music city monsters. It takes away a double team from one of those other three guys. So, I mean, that impact alone already creates pressure in the quarterback. Um, but, you know, what do you think about the defense's lack of pressure there, Tyler? Yeah, uh, Bud's made a big difference. You know, there was a reason the guys from – the fans you see from Pittsburgh was so disappointed seeing him leave. You know, he takes a lot of pressure off the other guys. He's he's a vocal leader. He's a physical leader out there. Um, when Bud Dupree's in, you can't just leave him one-on-one with your right tackle. You're going to have to – help bring some tight end in, you know, or whatnot, or have a running back chip block because he's out there. And then that opens up the lanes for Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons and the boys. So I really uh, – I'm really missing Bud Dupree. If you can just look at the stats, they back it up. The defense has been outrageously better with Bud Dupree on the field versus without him on the field. So uh, I think that right there enough justifies his contract. So um, I'm really excited to get him back out there. Um, he's going to make a big difference, and we've got to get these guys healthy come playoff time. So, Bud Dupree has not been a bad signing. Bud Dupree has been an excellent signing, if you ask me. Him and Danico Autry really have shored up our D-line, and um, we're going to see improvement coming forward because we haven't generated a lot of pressure the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it, it just can't be stated enough. And, you know, that kind of leads into the next thing that I want to really harp on. I think David Long Jr. is the most important player on our defense. Um, I think that he does a fantastic job in pass coverage. He flies around on run plays. He uh, he handles that zone, that one part of the zone where the linebackers that you see in the NFL that just know how to turn around, find that place ac- across the middle on those crossing routes, and he just occupies that dead space. And, you know, he is just so much better than any any other linebacker on the roster in his just pure pass coverage skills. And I think a lot of that has to do with, one, the way he's been coached, the way his technique has been grown. And, two, I think it, it, it's a testament to the environment that he played in. He played at, at um, West Virginia for mm-hmm. the Mountaineers in the Big 12 who throw the ball 50 times a game. And so I feel like that just helped him learn that he has to has to cover like in that in that system. And he, Rashawn Evans, granted, love him, Bama boy. I'm a Bama alumni, 
he is just god awful in pass coverage because the guy only tackled at Alabama. He he was there to tackle. It's a totally different ball game. But David Long Jr. is the most important player on defense, in my opinion. You know that's a that's a fair argument. I I don't know if I'm gonna call him the most important player on defense, just because I'm a Kevin Byard guy, and I really think he's the ultimate piece of the defense. And I would I would also argue Jeffrey Simmons is there too, just because of their presence and what they do for the defense. But you could feel David Long's um, not non presence the last two weeks. Um, the run. You're talking about the pass game. Yeah, he helps a lot in the pass game when he plays on. And he's good at man coverage as well as for a linebacker. But what you really miss is the one-yard stuffers that he gets a lot. You know, he is just an absolute natural tackler and finder of the, the gaps that are opening up for the running backs. He, he just flies in there, man. He finds it, he makes the tackle, and he's a very sure tackler. And, you know, he does make an exceptional difference on our defense. And I'm I'm concerned that he's still, you know, lingering injuries. You know, we got to get him back because we've lost Money Rice, of course, and Dylan Cole just not it. So, I agree with you. He's very important. But, you know, I, I'm still going to ride with my guy, KV, and the mayor of Murfreesboro on that. Yeah, I, I would. I was going to say there are three other – there are two other players on that defense that I would have, like, accepted as, as like true answers to that question. KB and then Jeffrey Simmons. The defense really goes as, as I feel like as those three players go. As as David Long goes, as Kevin Byard goes, and as Jeffrey Simmons goes, that that's that's what's gonna carry that defense. You no, know, they're the guys in each um, facet of the defense. Jeffrey Big Jeff holds down the D line or linebackers with David Long and the secondary is Kevin Byer. That Twitter, uh, looking at the PF, PFF's uh, page here, and they've got an interesting question for you. Who is your favorite wide receiver under the age of 25? And they've got the guys listed here. It's Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Jalen Waddle, and Hollywood Brown. Who are you taking out of that seven? All right, here's exactly what I'm thinking here. A.J. Brown, I'm taking it first overall. And, yes, there's some bias there. The guy's an absolute stud. He's had back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving yard receiving seasons. He's proven he can do it. He's done it with a run-heavy first offense. If you put A.J. Brown in any of those offenses where they air it out, I mean, he's going to have 1,500 yards if he can stay healthy. And then at two, I'm probably going to put Justin Jefferson the guy is just a – he's a stud. He also benefits from them playing from behind a lot because he's in Minnesota, so they have to throw the ball. Um, then at three, I, I, I feel really bad putting a rookie in, in, in any of his lists because it's their first season and I don't want to jinx them. But if I'm going based off of that, pure – pure like just I think it's going to be a stud. I think Jamar Chase is going to be a stud. I think Jalen Waddle is going to be a stud. He's on pace for over 110 catches and over 1,000 receiving yards in his rookie year with with that broken Dolphins team. Um, I like C.D. Lamb a lot. I think he's going to be really good. He's going to be a wide receiver one one day. Um, I don't know. I'm still taking A.J. What about you? You know, uh, A.J.'s struggled this year with drops and consistency and health. <clears throat> so, I mean – Looking at it from a non-biased opinion, A.J. Brown, 
disclaimer, guys, A.J. Brown is probably my favorite player on offense, besides maybe the king, of course. But um, he's had a tough year. You know, maybe it's a little mental. You know, it's, there's a lot of things weighing in. You know, it's a lot that goes into a healthy season. But right now, if I'm having to rank these guys, I think I'm having to go Justin Jefferson for one. The guy are. I mean, and I, I get your argument that he plays for Minnesota. He also plays in a dome, which also helps receivers. The guy's playing with Kirk Cousins, so you got to give him a little back on that credit, you know. So I like I like Justin Jefferson. And then that's one A. I'm gonna say AJ Brown's one B because healthy AJ Brown is absolutely the best receiver in the league when he gets the ball in his hand. Like get the ball caught first. I don't know if there's anybody better in the league at taking it 70 yards than AJ Brown. I mean, he's just gonna run you, th- run over you, run around you, juke you, run by you. He's just an absolute freak athlete. And then at two, I'd probably have Jamar Chase as well. Maybe DK Metcalf, uh, Jalen Waddle, kind of the one-dimensional, uh, more of a slot guy. Marquise Brown, same thing. They're both small guys, so I mean, you get physical with those guys out on the outside. I don't know how really good they'd be. Um, City Lamb, he just, I think he benefits from a really good receiving core offense. You know, he don't have a lot of bracketed coverage on him like these guys do. So, I'm, I think I'm going to go 1A with Justin Jefferson, 1B, A.J. Brown, and then Jamar Chase. That's a very fair, fair argument there. No, no bias. It's time for Titans Trivia. Sure, you know what time of the week it is. It's time for Titans Trivia, one of our favorite things to do on the segment. Uh, I've heard from the guys that listen that really like this segment too, you know, learn a little bit about the Titans. Um, first, though, I'm going to go ahead and give your question. I'm going to go ahead and give you the question first. So, um, Oh, boy. Asher deserves some heat this week. Uh, he, he hit me with two really difficult questions last week. Uh, out of, out of the blue, you know, I was like, Asher, come on, don't <laughs> don't do me like that, you know. Uh, but he didn't care. He, you know, he was coming from bull. He wanted to make me look like a non-Titan fan here. So, I got you a question. We'll see uh, if you can answer it. Um, if you answer this, bravo, Asher Roddy. All right. How many points did the legendary Joe Nedney score? In the year of two thousand one. Oh my god! <sighs> See, this is where it's it's tricky because mm, it's a kicker. It's a kicker. Oh, I would I would have to like. I, I give you some credit on Joe Nenny being a kicker, so you knew that. Yeah. He's a kicker too, so that's the tricky part. Is what year did you say? Two thousand and one. And kickers score usually. What, how many games did he even play? Did he start all sixteen games that year? I'm assuming. You're assuming. All right. Oh, golly. Hmm. You got five seconds, sir. Five. Five hundred and 
just a <laughs> random guess. <laughs> that could not be any more wrong. <laughs> All right, here's my second oh. guess. 100, 172. <laughs> That's a little closer. You backed it up. But that was a really tough question. And uh, I'm I'm loving that because uh, last week. <laughs> what was the answer? Woo, he scored a whopping 94 points in 2001. Now you were close wow. to 500. <laughs> would have been really impressive if he scored 543 points. That would have been really impressive. That would have been really – that's a lot of field goals. That's a lot of field goals. Joe Nandy was out there just throwing 70-yard bombs, two for touchdowns. So Every time he comes on the field, you got to respect the fake, fake kick. <laughs> Joe Nandy was a really good kicker, bro. He was. He yeah. was. I think he was before Veronis, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So he was a good kicker. You know, we, we, that's back when the Titans was really prideful of special teams. We, we didn't have to cross our fingers whenever the kicker trotted out like we do now. So, 94. Joe Nandy scored 94 points in 2001. Oh, what a, what a bum. All right. I got – you know what? I'm coming with some heat for you now. Coming coming back, I'm only going to ask one question this week, but it's going to be a two-part question. Okay. All right. Where did Drew Bennett go to college? Oh, man. Uh, oh, was it Minnesota? No, UCLA. UCLA. Freaking Eric Decker went to Minnesota. Yeah. I was thinking white guy Titan, and I went straight to Minnesota. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. All right. There's the next one. In 2004, how many touchdowns did Drew Bennett catch? 2004, that was his best year, if I'm believing. Right. It was. It was. It was double digits. Yep. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna ask for one hint. Is that okay? Is that is that a, is yeah. that? And I'm calling in a favor on the Titans to talk. To... <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking two tones. Uh, uh, line here, like uh, let's be yeah. a millionaire. Who wants to be a millionaire? Yep. Uh, I'll allow it. I'll okay. allow it. Before all that, uh, was it under 15? It was under 15. It was under 15. Okay, I'm going 12 touchdowns from Drew Bennett in 2004. Very close. He got 11 catch- receiving touchdowns. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, so I was a lot closer than your first guess. So I was wrong, but not off 500. Yeah, so. yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> not off not <laughs> 500, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no offense, Asher, uh, but, you know, we had the – we had to come back with you, so because I was yeah. giving you too many layups. It's fair, totally valid. I'll allow it. I deserved it. I deserved it. I'm a dirty little birdie. He's a dirty little birdie, people. Dirty little birdie. <laughs> now let's get you rich, kids. All right, guys. Welcome back to another uh, segment. We're going to do get rich, kids again. Uh, we really enjoyed doing this last week. Um, I want to go ahead and tell you guys that I am leading the way right here. If you would have took your money, if you would have took your money, your $100 bill, your Benjamin Franklin, and you would have betted against any sports book, you would have won $700 with my picks on a parlay. All three of my picks were right. I believe Asher was, what, two and one? So, I mean, he still did pretty well. I think he would have still won money on that because you only lost one game, won two games. But I believe he was two and one, right, Asher? Am I yeah, correct? I, I think so. I think, I think you, so. I think you didn't pick the the Jaguars game. I think you took the Jags to cover that spread because it was a... But, um, 
yeah, we're three and zero here, guys. You would have won. You would have won six hundred dollars to put extra in your pocket right here at Christmas time, man. I'm I'm like the betting Saint Nick. So anyway, let's get right into it again. Actually, we're gonna bet these three games again. Uh, first off, we're gonna go with the two Tom Blue, of course. Uh, we're nine point favorites at home. So Asher, what's your pick on that? I think the Titans are gonna cover. Um, I'm not taking the Jags to cover the spread ever again. They are they are terrible, <laughs> terrible. Um, I, yeah, I'm taking the Titans to cover. Okay, so this week I think I'm going with the Jaguars. Uh, hate to say it because you know this is a two tone blue con uh, podcast, but the Jaguars is that's a big number. It's a divisional game. Uh, the Titans have a tendency, of course, of playing down to their competition. So I'm I'm going to take the Titans here, twenty eight to twenty. Uh, I think it's going to be Jaguars get a late score to really get it close, and then our defense kind of clamps it down. But uh, yeah, twenty eight twenty. I'm going to take the, t- the Jags to cover here. So me and Asher are already on opposite sides. Also, a little tidbit: the over under on this game is forty three and a half. Take the over, man. That's that's no points. Yeah, I would take the over. Okay. Um, then we're going to go on to the next one. Um, we're going to do the Seahawks Texans. I have the the Seahawks is favored by seven and a half here. Um, I think the Seahawks are going to cover that. I think that they're going to beat the dog shit out of the Texans. Yeah, I agree here. I'm I'm taking Seahawks here. Um, it's always tough for a West Coast team, especially if coming from the Pacific Northwest like the Seahawks are, uh, to come down south and play. But I think the Texans, I believe Tyrod Taylor's hurt again. I know he didn't finish last week. Um, and the Seahawks know they have to win or they're out at this point. So I think Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson come down and give them a shellacking. I'm going to take the Seahawks uh, 31, Houston 17. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go Seattle thirty-five. I'm gonna go Houston ten. I think Ooh, I think, real I, think I think Seattle puts the fear of God into those Texans. Okay. Um, I, I I could agree. I think I think it's gonna be an underwhelming game. Who's honestly who's gonna be watching that game? Ugh, yuck! What a nasty game to watch. Non-fun <laughs> game to watch. Seahawks are so bored on offense, and then the Houston Texans. So. Okay, the next game we got here, Asher. Um, we got the Kansas City Chiefs against the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a big number here too, but uh, the Chiefs have been winning these these ugly games going away. Two score games because the Chiefs are just kind of winning with defense, which is weird. They're favored by eight and a half here. Oh, I want to go. I want to go Chiefs, but. That number's too big. I'm going Raiders. Uh, the Raiders always play the Chiefs tough. It's an interdivision game. These division games, the number's big. Unless the other team is just garbage, uh, you usually want to go with the the, uh, the underdog. So I'm going to take the Las Vegas Raiders here at eight and a half. Uh, Derek Carr's going to play good. They used to do it against the Chiefs. I know it's cold weather. A dome team coming to play in cold weather, but I like the Raiders here. I'm taking the the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders money line. I think the Raiders are going to win this game. I think Raiders are going to straight up win this game. Okay. Um, they they got you know they got beaten uh, in a game earlier by the by the Chiefs. It's really tough to beat a divisional opponent two times in a two times in a season. 
And they got embarrassed the last time they played. They got beat 41 to 14. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that the Raiders are going to come out swinging. I'm telling you, they're going to come out there. Derek Carr's going to have 400 passing yards. Josh Jacobs is going to run for, you know, two touchdowns, but they'll have like 17 carries for like 74 yards or something with two touchdowns. Hunter Renfro is reminds me a lot of Cooper Cup. Uh, he just gets open. He's sneaky. Um, yeah, I think I think the Raiders are going to win. The Raiders are going to win a game, and it's going to be like a thirty-one to twenty-one kind of game for the Raiders. Thirty-one twenty-one. Raiders win. Wow, actually coming out with an outright win. Oh yeah. So, just to recap, guys, I have. The Jaguars covering against the Titans. I'm sorry, guys. Disclaimer, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got the Jaguars <laughs> covering against our Titans. I've got the Seahawks covering against the Texans. And then I've got the Raiders covering against the Chiefs. I've got the Titans to cover. I've got Seattle to cover. And I've got the Raiders to win outright. Raiders money line. Pound the money line. So Only listen, go after the money line. going two dogs and he's going outright he's going two favorites excuse me two favorites and he's going outright winner for a dog so that's some pretty serious stuff there so guys you want to get rich hey i'm three and oh you know only well i cannot be under 500 this week so i'm just saying i've already won you some money go win you some more asher's two and one so i mean he's already won you some money too so you know you know where to get your money made at guys it's christmas time go spoil your life your your significant other uh for money here we're not giving you our money but you can bet your own money and if you do it do it at your own discretion because uh we're not um professional betters either so <laughs> yeah don't, don't call it don't get angry and you send us hate mail if you lose <laughs> that's your fault you're the one that made yeah. the decision we're just giving you some help you know to make yeah. that bad decision and bet your hard-earned money on football <laughs> i didn't tell you to trust another Group of grown men to bet your money on. I didn't tell you to do that. I'm just you telling know, you what you I know. Think. Who would listen to our advice, Asherati? You know who would listen to our advice right now? Barry McFall. No, Trent Dilfer. If he was on, if he was listening, cash right now, he'd be like, "Man, you guys are smart." Because Trent's such a good guy, you know. Trent's a bad guy. He's a bad <laughs> quarterback. Bad guy. Trent, Trent Dilfer. We love you on this show. At least half the half the podcast loves you. So, if you're yeah. listening out there. Half-ass goatee. He's <laughs> got a nice goatee. Pretty average. That's get rich, kids. Get rich. Yeah, Asher. Uh, as we talked about in Get Rich Kids earlier, I picked the Titans to win this game 28-20, but I'm really thinking this game uh, is going to be tougher than people expect. Like you said earlier in the pod, it's hard to beat a divisional opponent twice in the same season. It doesn't matter who they are. Uh, just look, the Lions beat the Vikings last week. Um, a lot of it is because the Lions know the Vikings personnel really well, you know, and they know what they do, just lining up against professional athletes and doing the same thing over and over again. And sometimes those professional athletes on the other end that are on the bad team win. That's just how the NFL works. Look at our other two losses. Two of our four losses come to the Jets and the Texans, another divisional foe who knows us. So it is concerning, but – I think this is a complete, utter coaching mismatch here. Um, Mike Brabel against Urban Meyer. Uh, come on. Urban, <laughs> a college coach. 
Mike Rabel knows the <laughs> NFL in and out. Pick the Titans to win, especially coming off a of bye. I don't. I'm not sure if Rabel's even lost the game so far with the Titans off a of bye. I'd like to see that stat, but I don't think we've lost a game off a of bye week. So I'm 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 picking the 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 Titans to win the game, but here's the keys to victory. The Titans must start fast. They must start fast this game. If we come out and go three and out, three solid straight drives, we have a uh, turnover in the red zone or something like that. If we keep letting these guys hang around, we're in trouble. We struggle with a running quarterback. Taylor, Zach Wilson, and our losses so far this year. We've struggled. Kyler Murray, um, who else we've lost to? Uh, we've lost the Cardinals, Jets. Texans and the Patriots. Well, the Patriots is uh, was just completely depleted. But the three losses that we played with enough players, um, we've, they've had running quarterbacks, and we struggled against that but running quarterback coming up against us with the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. So, Titans must start fast, and they must contain the quarterback. If they do those two things, I think the Titans win this game. And um, convincing fashion, I think the the. We got, I was picking a backdoor cover earlier on Get Rich Kids. If they start fast, I think the Titans win the game, and then the Jaguars cover at the end in garbage time. Um, yeah, see, this game, it kind of it gives me a little bit of an eerie feeling because, like I said on last week's podcast, this is going to be the barometer for the panic level for the Titans. Um if we go into this game and we're just flat-footed and we don't do anything well on offense and, and then we start rallying towards the end and receivers are running wrong routes, you know, throwing picks in the red zone, all this kind of, you know, dumb shit the Titans have done the last two weeks, um, then we're going we're gonna to lose this game. And, you know, another thing that's also worth note, the Jaguars can now actually prepare for the Titans without Derrick Henry. Um We've won eight of the last nine games against the Jaguars, and I'm just going to be here to tell you right now, this is not going to be an easy game um, unless we can run the football effectively. And my keys to victory are that, one, we have to establish the run. I don't care who does it. I would like for it to be Dante Foreman. Um, I think he resembles Derek. He's a baby Derek. Um, I like Dontrell Hilliard. I think he catches the ball really well. Um, Jeremy McNichols is fighting for his job, in my opinion. Um, none of those guys, though, strike fear into a team like Derrick Henry does. Uh, I think Julio Jones is going to be massive. He's going to come out there. He's going to be a dog. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he goes over 100. Um, he scores his first touchdown as a Titan. Even though he caught that one in Seattle, that was bullshit that they overturned that. Definitely touchdown there. Yeah, I don't know how they did that. Um, I think Tennessee is going to win this game. I think we're going to turn the ball over on the Jags. Uh, we're going to get we're going to get a pick. Um, I think Kevin Byard's going to get the pick. It's either going to be Kevin Byard or it's going to be someone that you just absolutely wouldn't expect. It wouldn't surprise me if we get a big man interception. Hooker's uh, good. Yeah, hooker, hookers do for a pick. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me, though, if a big man got one, like Danico Autry or, or Jeffrey Simmons, somebody like that, um, or Jayon. Uh, I, I think Tennessee's going to win this game, I, and I'm going to go 31-18. 
I think Tennessee is going to do enough. I think Tannehill is going to look. I, if I'm Tannehill, here's what I'm doing this week. And I don't care that if everybody knows it. I am eyeing down Julio Jones. And I am throwing a 50-50 ball every single time in his direction. You build that trust. Because if you do that, Julio's going to trust you. And if Tannehill throws that ball, he's going to start to trust Julio more because Julio's going to come down with it. Nobody on that secondary can guard Julio Jones. There's nobody over there that, that – he should, he's afraid of, um, and I don't think there there may be two in the in the league that Julio's like, fuck, I got to go up, up against this guy this week. Like Jalen Ramsey would be one of those people that I'd be like, all right, maybe no fifty fifty balls, um, but I, I think Tennessee's going to come come away with a thirty one eighteen win. I like that. I want to add a little key to my victory here. Is a uh, I like what you said about Julio. Julio needs ten targets minimum. Or 10 touches. He needs 10 touches, not just targets. He needs 10 touches this game. I think Titan will win. Yep. I agree. I think I think Julio is going to – it's going to be feast or famine for Julio. He's either going to get going early or he's going to get five touches like the Titans do and they're not going to throw the ball. And also, we've got to marry the play-action game with, with Julio Jones, okay? I am so sick and tired of the play-action passes on third down or second down for five yards to a tight end. Yes. Thank you. I I am so sick and tired of it. God damn it. Throw the ball to the wide receivers. Take the deep shot one time, man. Get these guys out of the box. Yeah, seriously. Throw the ball down the field. Stretch them vertically. You've got a first ballot Hall of Fame wide receiver who is more often than not going to catch the football and also is more than likely going to suit up this game. He's had a month off. If Julio doesn't play this game, then we're in trouble. But I think all signs are pointing towards him playing. And I think that if you're in fantasy football, this is a time – and you have Julio Jones, this is a time to play him. He's either going to get you 10 catches or he's going to get you four, and they're going to be, like, for 38 yards. Julio that's, – and that's not his fault. So, and I think Julio Jones is going to either get it absolutely going or he's going to do little to nothing because we're running the football the entire time. Um, yeah, one point I wanted to uh, make before uh, we close out the podcast is um, nobody's talking about Golden Tate, and I haven't heard anything about him. Uh, I've been looking around. Have you seen anything on the Twitter verse about Golden Tate? If he's going to play this week, what's the deal? Um, so from what I heard is they wanted to get him up to speed on the playbook, get him in there. I mean, they signed him, and I think it was what middle of the week. Against against the Patriots, it yeah he it, he's probably going to suit up and you know I like that I saw a nice little video of him and Julio stretching next to each other during warmups today in practice and I'm telling you you know Golden Tate can be a very serviceable wide receiver absolutely nobody, nobody should expect him to, you know to go absolutely berserk because you know he really has never been that kind of guy that's going to go berserk but he can do the dirty work he can get you those you know little slot catches for, you know, seven to 15 yards, or even if we, if he gets wide open, yeah, he can score. He can score the football. Um, it would not surprise me one bit if we go out there this Sunday and it's Julio Jones outside on the top left of that screen and it's Golden Tate sitting there in the slot and then you got Nick Westbrook Aquina on the right side over there. And I want to see more of these three wide receiver sets. I really do. I think Tennessee, especially when A.J. Brown comes back, I want to see Julio top left of the screen. I want to see A.J. Brown put it in the slot. Make that whole left side of the field because Derek loves to run left. When Derek comes back, 
put Julio Jones, A.J. Brown on the left side of the field with a tight end on the end of the formation and Derek in the backfield. That right there is giving every indication that you were going to run the ball left. And then Tannehill turns around. You got A.J. Brown running across the middle on a streaking you know, corner route or across the middle on, on an in-cut route. And then you got Julio just head down, sprinting down vertically down the field. Pick your poison. Who are you going to cover? I like it. I do. Um, I really and do. Yes, I'm drawing on a whiteboard right now. So you better believe I've been – I this has been a play that I've had <laughs> on my – I've had this play on my whiteboard for probably since we signed Julio Jones. I think for damn sure there is no reason why we have not seen heavy play action left side of the field. Derek loves to run left. Every team knows we run left more than any in any other direction. A.J. Brown is a monster coming across the middle off the west side of the field. And Julio Jones is Julio motherfucking Jones. Beautiful take. Um, <clears throat> yeah, guys. So you, you've got that. You got all that from Asher. You got that from me. We're taking our Titans to win the game. We're, we're a little bit different on how much they're going to win by. But um, I think the Titans take care of business this week. And I'm really excited to watch them play again because it's been too long. I don't know what to do on my Sundays without my Titans. So. Yeah, Sundays are boring. Everybody tighten up and let's uh, let's get a dub. Let's get a dub. Yes, sir. Tighten up, baby. Tighten up. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, Here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.